right, baby. All right, here we go. Let's go. Ten innings. The Brewers would get it done uh, in, 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 a, in a month, not the month of June, but in a month time. The one and the only Joey Weimer getting it done. This time a little RBI single. The dude's fired up as he gets the Brewers a win uh, over the uh, – Orioles four to three. I almost forgot. Orioles four to three. Rowdy, good morning. How about the Weimer? Weimer. Yeah. Not only did the Brewers find a way to beat the Orioles. Obviously, the Orioles a, a good baseball team and a team that plays in the AL East where everybody's above five hundred. Yeah, yeah. But how about the fact that the Athletics put eleven on the Pirates and the Brewers back in first place? That's a half game above the Pirates for first place, baby. You better. Recognize and recognize this power right here. Check this out. Let's go. Down the field line. It's over. Joey Weaver with two strikes wins it in the 10th. Another game winner for the crew. Yeah, baby. It's got to feel good for Joey Weaver, Rowdy. That's uh, nice for the Brewers, no doubt about it. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, as he he didn't I, I don't know if anyone else saw this but the Brewers had posted it he didn't get a Gatorade bath he got like a uh, a bucket full of candy uh, bath uh, all wrapped candy all over him but anyways Joey Weimer dude awesome for the crew uh, Rowdy we were just talking about like um, well yesterday we were he, you know the All Star voting was open for the Brewers and um, we were like who would even be an All Star I'm not saying Joey Weimer would be an All Star but the guy uh, some of these rookies coming up big in clutch moments if uh this, the, does this team go the way now of some of these young guns rowdy i don't know who else you're really relying on well, i guess yelly had a decent game to answer your first question there are no all-stars devin williams that are hitters for the milwaukee oh, brewers he was not a hitter devin williams obviously but speaking of you know joey weimer getting the the walk-off single Another guy that's a rookie this year that came in struggling, Bryce Terang. Mm. I don't know if you saw the Adam McKelvey tweet. He was one for his last 41 <laughs> entering yesterday. Obviously, that's not good. Uh, remember when he first was up there in the first three weeks, he was batting like roughly you know 290 somewhere in there. Yeah. Falling on hard times. Uh, he obviously had a couple hits last night. You played Joey Weimer's highlight. Christian Yelich added a couple, what, two, three hits. Yeah, um, three hits for Yelly. I think one thing we're seeing, though, is one of these guys was starting to make some adjustments because when you look at all these young guys, we knew that they had a lot of potential. We knew that they had played extremely well in the minor leagues, but when they came out hot the first three weeks, what were they going to do once major league teams and major league pitchers specifically had books on them Yeah, where you, you find the holes in their swing, Just. you find the holes in their game. Joey Weimer, I think his average got down to about 190. Ooh. And all of a sudden here, he has gotten pretty freaking hot. So I actually was yeah, going yeah. back looking through Joey Weimer stats. Yeah. And the dude has turned it around quite a bit here. Now, they're playing more, so it's not like it's as easy to bring your average up as high because we're starting to get to the part of uh, the season where stats start to lock in. Yeah. yeah Normally yeah. the second month of June where you're like that 10 to 12 weeks into the season, a lot of the statistics start to stay the same or it, it takes a lot for them to move. Sure. Now, now they're kind of getting locked into that stuff. Now, 
you look at where Joey Weimer's at, I mean, he's only hitting 213. So it's not like he's, uh, you know, just absolutely mashing the baseball. But he was down there like at the 190s. And all of a sudden here, as of late, he's gotten pretty freaking hot the last couple of weeks. He's on so, a seven game hit streak, Rowdy, for Joey Weimer. And he's starting to see that he's starting to hit the ball, starting to show a little bit of pop. But yeah, the month of April, Joey Weimer batted 226. And a a lot of that went way downhill after the first couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Then you look at May, 160. Ooh. It's like they got it's like they got a little bit of a book on them, right? <laughs> like they kind of figured them out. But no, since, no since June, now granted, this is just a week. He's batting three sixty eight. That's 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 nice. That's really you'll take that all month, won't you? Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> it's we'll have to see what he does. But it looks like from the naked eye, just the last couple of weeks, it looks like Joey Weimer starting to turn a corner as in he's starting to figure it out a little bit. Yeah. And he's a guy that was forced into action early. He he was called up for game two against the Chicago Cubs second game of the season because Luis Arias hurt his hamstring game one. And this was a kid that literally played about a month and a half in triple a last year. The plan for him was basically to play much of AAA this year. Mm-hmm. But because of a Tyrone Taylor injury, because Jesse Winker can't play the field, because <laughs> the outfield was struggling, he's here. And he's here to stay because guess what? Everyone else around them, they don't want to bring up uh, Sal Freelich. Well, then he gets hurt. They really aren't going to bring up Jackson Cheerio for at least another year or so. It's his. It's his turn. It's it's his time. And for Joey Weimer too, dude. Tyrone uh, Taylor has stunk. Yeah, uh, Joey Weimer also saved at least one run of two runners on base in the third inning. He ran down a uh, uh, Hicks 104 mile per hour line drive on the warning track in right center field to end the inning. It was a great catch from Joey Weimer. This dude is flashing uh, yesterday. Well, that's the other thing. Like he's a guy that potentially has like could be a four to five tool type player. The only thing where he might not really have is the batting average, which a, a good Joey Weimer is probably going to hit like two sixty. Yeah. But yeah, he showed you, he showed you that like in the, one of the first games he played Yeah, where yeah. he threw a guy out at an outfield the laser. Yeah. He's big. He's fast. He's athletic. And uh, I think we're starting to see the bat starting to turn oh, around here. Weimer. And how about this? Uh, so uh, Milwaukee now and the Orioles, the teams each used six pitchers. Each team recorded 16 strikeouts. Each starting pitcher went five innings and threw nearly 100 pitches, uh, pitches excuse me, and gave up two runs. How about that for uh, some uh, parallels there between the two clubs? Uh, Rowdy, who? I, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you. Who was the starting pitcher for the Brewers last night? Freddie Peralta. Uh-oh, for this AP writer. I was just scanning their article. They tabbed it as Milwaukee's Willie Peralta. Oh, that would be a relief pitcher. (laughs) Say Milwaukee's Willie Peralta gave up a two-run shot to Aaron Hicks that tied the game at two in the second inning. Uh, If I remember correctly, uh, Freddie Peralta did not finish before the second inning. Right, Rowdy? He did go five. Tisk, tisk, tisk on this AP writer. It is not Willie Peralta. But, yeah, good game for the crew. And how about Christian Yelich? Three for four with two doubles, scored a run, and he stole two bases. What's up with that? I still have one question though, and I've kind—I of, haven't said anything because the, the Brewers have been quite injured, and obviously that's a huge black eye for this team when they're not playing well. Are you gonna say is Yelly back? No, 
<laughs> My question is, when Craig Council fills out the lineup, like I look up and down the lineup who consistently has played, and it's like, oh, well, Christian Yelich at this point in his career makes sense as a leadoff hitter. He kind of profiles to that. You look up and down, it's like, well, if Bryce Terang was playing like he did in AAA or AA, he profiles to kind of be like a top-of-the-order leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. Why in the hell have we seen in the past few weeks Darren Ruff before he needed stitches and fractured his kneecap? Yeah, damn tarp pole. John Singleton, who's also like six foot, 250 pounds. Why are they hitting one, two in the order? Singleton, <laughs> like, Singleton I, I look at, I know he's just got up, but point zero nine one. Well, it doesn't, I don't understand it. I would like, to, I would like someone to ask, why would you continue to have Darren Ruff lead off from time to time or bat? I get that he's a power bat. Same with John Singleton, but does he really need to hit second? Yeah, I don't know. I, I also, Rowdy, I know Yelich has been doing good, but we've had this conversation before. Remember when Yelly was doing really bad for a really long stretch? And we're like, why is he batting leadoff or cleanup? Why, 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 aren't, why isn't he just dropped in the order? I guess it's too much money. But I guess to your point, yeah, why is Singleton batting second? Well, it's a guy that made it to the big leagues in 14, saw parts of seasons in 14 and 15, and hasn't made it back since 2023. And, yeah, let's plop him in at the two-hole. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to, I would love to ask him. I would love for you to ask Craig Council. Darren, Darren Ruff was also a guy that was like, this is his profile. 250 hitter, you know, 25 bombs, 75 RBIs, slugger, power hitter. He's going to strike out, but he's going to hit it a lot. Mm-hmm. Darren Ruff was hitting second. He even let off a game this year. I don't... Maybe I'm just old school, but that doesn't profile to that doesn't profile to a top of the order type guy. That profiles to like a middle of the order. Maybe I'm just old school, but yeah. But uh, going back and looking at some of these Brewers that have played, you look at uh, on the season so far and what they've done. Christian Yelich offensively has been above average, which he'll take, I guess, at this point. But he has been getting on base at a higher clip, so that's I guess more of a plus for Christian Yelich. Uh, Will uh, Owen Miller, he's been pretty darn good, especially for what the Brewers have asked of him. Offensively, he's been pretty good. William Contreras, extremely average. Rowdy Telez, pretty darn good for what you ask of him or what he is. Mm. He's a guy that's going to be a you know a slugger. He's going to hit uh, some power and play some decent defense. Brian Anderson, he's been pretty average, especially offensively. But then there's really nobody else that has been very good. Like, like all your other guys out there have that have. Pl- I'm saying that have played most of the season have yeah. not been good. So with all of that, Rowdy, uh, two questions: uh, Who's been the best out of all these guys? Rowdy Telez. And then, do we have faith that as the season progresses, it will get better, or will it stay the same, or will it get worse? See, I look at it as. Okay, if Yelich has been above average, Rowdy Telez has been solid, William Contreras and Brian Anderson have been pretty average. Basically everyone else has been below average. That's 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 a lot of room for upside. Yeah. Like Tyrone Taylor has been awful this year. Can you get anything from him? Luis Arias has hardly played this year and so far in the handful of games he's played, he hasn't been good. You got to expect you get more from him, at least somewhere down the line. Totally. 
Uh, you would hope that Terang and Weimer would continue to figure it out and learn on the job and that it would only get better as the year goes on because they'd get more comfortable with big league pitching. Uh, they'd make more adjustments, you know, kind of kind of right on down the line. Me personally, I think uh, Brian Anderson is probably playing exactly how the Milwaukee Brewers have, would have hoped. Yeah. I mean, he was a $4.5 million signing. It's not like they went out and got some, you know, crazy huge free agent that was owed twenty four and a half million dollars. Didn't break the bank. Yeah, he's four and a half million dollars. He's playing average baseball offensively. I think they'll take that. William Contreras has been disappointing. Honestly, the defense has been uh, statistically pretty yeah. good, but the bat that got him into the All Star game last year has not been very good. So, you know, when we have a big UFC event, uh, Dan from Best Fight Picks, uh, Half the Battle is Podcast, he joins us in the 9 o'clock hour to talk big UFC, and he's from Atlanta. And he was talking about how, uh, what do you call him, Wild Bill is what he called William Contreras. He's like, you guys are going to really love his stick. This is when the Brewers made the trade. You guys are going to really love his stick. And as Rowdy said, that's what got him in the All-Star game too. Where's the stick been, Rowdy? His, de- his defense much better than his offense, which was crazy because that was reversed last year. Yeah, you could argue that right now he's like a top 10 catcher when it comes to framing and stealing strikes, which he was like dead last last year. But his stick was hot last year. But he was arguably a top five hitting catcher last year, and he is very average this year. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very intriguing. Oh, Brewers, though, again, back in first place, a half game above the Pirates. Let's go, baby. Uh, Some get to, to the Brewers. I can't wait to talk today. I got Packers OTAs. Jordan Love was talking, and Matt Lafleur was talking. We'll get to that. Uh, Adrian Griffin had his introductory press conference for the Bucks yesterday. The new head coach. We have audio from that. We'll get to that. Uh, but Rowdy, there's one thing I'm really excited about to get into today, and it, thankfully it broke yesterday while we were on air. Rowdy broke it. Played the breaking news sounder. It was awesome. That's the PGA welcoming the live and what the DP World Tour all together under one umbrella, one entity. As the PGA Tour and the Live fought each other tooth and nail, or the PGA did, they, they were holier-than-thou attitude. Well, now, as Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, said, everyone's got a price. Now the PGA Tour, back, uh, welcoming in the Live for this one umbrella. I can't wait to get more into this today. What a time for golf, Rowdy. This is going to be awesome today. Yeah, it's interesting to see what happens moving forward because – uh, again, I don't know all the ins and outs with every single, you know, PGA detail, but this was the PGA Tour, the Live Tour, and the DP World Tour, which is basically the European Tour. Yeah. I wonder what happens now to the Asian and the South American oh. tours because they're not as they're not as widely known, but they're out there. Like I think everyone knows the European Tour, obviously, because you know. Scotland, golf, Europe, it's a it's a big golfing yeah, area. Yeah. And like Rory McIlroy or Tommy Fleetwood or some of these, you know, uh British Isle players will play on the European tour from time to time, so mm-hmm. it it's got some clout. And a lot of the we'll say Asian players that are are newer and when I say newer, I mean newer to like the PGA tour, like a lot of South Koreans yeah, yeah. are now hitting the tour. The Asian tour isn't as widely played by bigger names like a Rory McIlroy because they're not going to go out of their way to play that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's the one that's really, really new is the South American tour because that had like Mito Pereira and Joaquin Neiman came from those tours. Rowdy dropped so, the names uh, over here. Let's go. Hell yeah. It'll be interesting to see what all, how it all unfolds. I love the hypocrisy. But we still have the rest of this season, so it's not yeah. going to start. It's not going to mesh all together until 2024. Is Phil Nicholson just laughing right now? Do you think he even slept yeah. last night? Do you think he laughed the entire night? You didn't night? see his tweet? Which one? He tweeted at I, I, somebody not too long ago when they were talking about Liv and PGA I saw him yesterday Major. tweet. I didn't check on him last night. Uh, he had a tweet not too long ago where basically – he knew that this was going to get done. He knew that for roughly three years of, of heat and work on the live tour, he was going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Which, yeah. Some guy tweeted at him about, uh, his gambling debts. Oh, I did. No, I did see that. That was, yeah. from, that was, that was from, from a, a while ago. That's from a while ago. He's but like, it's I haven't hilarious. gambled in a long time. He's like, but I'm a bill. What did he say? Like I'm a billionaire essentially. Yeah. And then they were just basically like telling him to shut up and handle his gambling debts. And he, his response was hilarious. It was tell me what I can do with 800 million. That yeah, that's I can't what it was. do with 760. And this million. is before the news that just happened. <laughs> um, uh, I'll go. Find, I'm on his Twitter account right now. I'm, I'm a ways back, but I'll, I'll find it. Phil Mickelson. Did you see what the awesome real quick? Did you see what the PGA players did? To the PGA uh, commissioner. You're talking about the letter and everything? Yeah, but what they... Because remember, he set the precedent of like, hey, if you are at the Canadian Open, I'm here in Canada. We're going to have this players-only meeting. Yeah. You see what they did? No. They said, no, we're not having it, and then we're changing the time. Really? Because we're going to control the situation. Ah, I can't wait to get into all this. All right, awesome. Gone in 60, coming up, get you the national headlines. The PGA and live stuff is going to be very spicy. This is the, this is the most entertaining golf has ever been. I feel like it's not going to be that spicy, but you know where it's going to get spicy? The players that didn't go to the live that were offered to the live, they should be spicy pissed. Yeah, they missed out on a payday. I was there are some things I was reading yesterday, Rowdy, though that uh, maybe the PGA is going to compensate those guys for not going. I doubt it. And then I also heard that the live guys are going to have to pay a fine, but still be welcome back it. to PGA. A lot of things coming out there. Uh, that we'll get into. Rory McIlroy, the poster boy for the PGA Tour, who you know talked about morals and not taking the money. How does he feel today when he walked away from two hundred and fifty million dollars? <sighs> and it was over a three-year span. Has he tweeted? Has Rory tweeted it all yet? That Let's makes see. the that makes NBA money look poor. No, no, no tweet. Yeah, it does. No tweets from Rory yet. Nothing. Still June third is the last time he retweeted something. Oh, Rory, I would love to hear what he has to say. All right, a lot of, I can't wait to get into that. Hey, yesterday, the Luke Fickle bat symbol went up again, boys. And uh, they landed not one, but two offensive linemen. Uh, let's see here. The first one up was what? Kevin Haywood. Out of Pennsylvania. A four-star. There's your four-star. A yeah. four-star offensive lineman out of Pennsylvania. That guy's a pretty burly individual. And then a little later in the day, you got Ryan Corey. Where's he out of? Pennsylvania. 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 They're both out of Pennsylvania. Three-star offensive lineman. This dude, both of them, we were talking off air, both these guys are pretty much uh, monsters. Yeah. Um, what would you say, 6'4", 290? Yeah, they're both top 25 kids out of the state of Pennsylvania, which... That's uh, a football state. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry to say, if... If you're a top 25 in Pennsylvania, chances are you're going to be top 10 in Wisconsin. So, um, <laughs> That's a football Yeah, state. you got two 
offensive lineman. One's going to be a tackle. The other's uh, Corey's projected to be an inside guy. Um, that, yeah, that's they're they're going to be. Well, this is why you let well. Luke Fickle do what Luke Fickle and his staff does. Because a lot of people will freak out now all of a sudden that the state of Wisconsin had, you know, roughly 13 eligible kids for 2024 Mm -hmm. that were Division I prospects. Just the year before, they had three. So clearly it's a good year for the state of Wisconsin. And it's like, well, they lost a guy to Notre Dame. They lost a guy to Ohio State. Oh, my God, the sky is falling. He's not going to nail any in-state recruits. We're going to lose recruits. He's The recruiting's going to hell. And then he goes to Pennsylvania, which is a known football state, which, weirdly enough, they still consider Pennsylvania like Midwest, yeah. where it's like Ohio and Pennsylvania is the Midwest, like, better states. Well, they just they just nailed two huge offensive lineman. Yeah. One, four star, one, three star. And it's from the state of Pennsylvania. They're both Boys. roughly six, four, two ninety, And they already got a safety from Pennsylvania as well. Do you, do you, uh, it just dawned on me that the pipeline from New Jersey, it's not a one way street. It's two way. P- Pennsylvania will send us their awesome players. The Badgers will develop them and make them into, uh, you know, juggernauts. And then what happens? The Steelers will go draft them right back. Wow. That, that's Hawaii. No, look at look at all the Pittsburgh Steelers wasting no time in drafting. How many badges well, I do they know, have now? Most of, oh, you're, I was going to say. I they don't know they just of, got two recruits from Pennsylvania. No, I know. Well, they have three. Total. They just got two miles. yesterday. Yeah. The Badgers will get them, and then once they're ready for the draft, the Steelers will draft them. And we'll go right back to Pennsylvania. Well, I don't know how many go right back to Pennsylvania. Just, okay, well. This is, I get what you're saying. This is supposed to be a. I know. Off sorry. The, it's, it, didn't, right. it didn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. I got lost there. You guys want to say anything else quick? <laughs> my biggest takeaway from that was flamed out hard. Just the day is don't freak out if a player or two from Wisconsin don't commit to Wisconsin. Oops. Let Luke Fickle and his staff do what they do because look at what they did at Cincinnati. They took Cincinnati's recruiting from where it was at to a much higher place. And I will say, previous coaching staffs. They got their offensive and defensive lines and, like, the lesser skilled positions, so a lot of linebackers from Wisconsin. The rest came from everywhere else. And I think another thing that needs to be said when we're talking about Luke Fickle versus the past is the past is the past. This is a new era. It's Luke Fickle. It's He has different inroads in different states. And honestly, it's on a year-to-year basis or historical basis, his states that he recruits well are better than the states that a lot of past Wisconsin guys have recruited well. Yeah. A.K.A. Ohio. A.K.A. Pennsylvania. A.K.A. the Southeast. The And when um, oh, Rudolph was here, those were his two states. Would and you a lot feel, of the players yeah. that he brought in ended up being starters. Would you feel any differently or any, like, you know, maybe poo poo on it a little bit where, you know, say in the past with like a Paul Christ or Barry Alvarez or Brett Bielema, we're not going to put Gary Anderson in this category. Um, but any of those guys, had they won a national title and they did it with, say, you know, I don't know, if, if you got 110. 
10 guys on a team and they did it with like 40 that were from the state of Wisconsin, would it feel any different if they won a national title under Luke Fickle if they did it with 20 guys from the state of Wisconsin? It's still Wisconsin. It's your badges. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you are. It's on the front of your jersey. How many? How many starters? For Alabama and Georgia, do you think are actually from Alabama and Georgia? Well, I would Without say looking. I'm, I'm I would say there's a few, a but, higher uh, percentage because yeah. that's where good football players right. come from. But like you know, Wisconsin, always got a good amount of Wisconsin. Ohio State and Michigan, that's the same way. Yeah. Like they recruit on a national level. You can't. I don't hear any of those fans complaining. I don't hear those fans complaining. It's nice. It's nice to have guys from Wisconsin because it's cool, right? It's like the Brewers being like, "Well, this guy is a Brewers guy." Owen Miller. Yeah. It's a it's a good story, but overall, you're looking to win, and you're looking to win a national championship. Yeah, who cares where the players come from? But I could, you you're still gonna, the borders, though. You know, if Luke Fickle nice. and company is still looking at a four star offensive lineman from the state, and he doesn't want to come to Wisconsin, well, then so be it. Yeah, like, like and if I'm, I guarantee you. Luke Fickle is going and knocking on every single four or five star potential player that came out of the state of Wisconsin and saying, hey, you want to come to the Badgers? Because I bet he's not just not offering. Yeah, let's yeah. let's say every starter on offense and then just play along. Every starter in offense and defense is some kind of transfer portal guy who's not from the state of Wisconsin and they go and win the national title. Does anyone in Wisconsin care that none of those guys are from Wisconsin? It would probably be one of the best years in Wisconsin football history people that everyone would, remembers. People would lose their minds about how we won a title and how they would anoint the transfer portal the greatest thing ever. And so glad that uh, you know it's in college football and college sports. Totally. <laughs> I don't think well, anyone's complaining. You know what's funny is I did see a little bit, and I've heard a little bit here, now that Wisconsin did bring in all of those transfers because it was pretty transfer heavy, obviously, this offseason. Now, all of a sudden, you see what they're doing in 2024. You see that this is now a top 20 recruiting class. And it we're starting to see every other day the bat symbol fly up again. And it's like you're starting to get excited. Like, oh, who did they sign today? How many stars does this guy have? Where is he from? I did see uh, a few places, uh, recruiting services. Uh, if you go to 24-7 Rivals, ESPN, the or uh on three, uh, a few people have said Wisconsin off of that this last weekend. By the end of next week, now, so uh, the seventeenth or whatever, yep. look for a possible six recruits to like verbally commit to Wisconsin Billy. from this from last weekend. Billy. And and with all of these guys coming and re- and committing and this class really filling out and s- just shooting up the the ranks. It's hilarious because now all the people that always wanted good players and wanted to recruit four and five stars like Ohio State, like Alabama, like Georgia, I've now seen some of this and heard some of this. Oh, my God. We, uh, we're we going to have too many players. People are going to leave. Do you think they have those same concerns in Ohio State, in no. Georgia, no. in Alabama? Because no. guess what? You bring in a million of them. They're all four and five stars, and the cream rises to the top. Yeah. The rest of them can get lost and moved on to another school. Iowa just welcomed yeah. a, an Ohio State former four-star recruit That's who wasn't getting playing time. The you, goal is to have so much yeah. collection of talent that some have to leave because you're just you, you, you created a competition okay. with skilled players, and some got to leave because they didn't cut it. When you guys go to a butcher shop and you're looking for a steak and you really want to have a good steak that night, a great steak, 
and you look at all the steaks that are out there that you could have, and you finally pick one of them, when you go home and cook that bad boy up and eat it, do you think about the steaks that are left at the butcher shop that you didn't have? I do. Or are you loving the steak that I'm you just weird like that, apparently. brought right off the <laughs> no, grill? Absolutely not. I'm looking at this piece of meat being like, damn, this is yeah, good. I'm liking this. And I'm not even thinking about the ones that are left at the shop. Right. Think about the no. one that I'm putting down in my no, belly. you're not. Yeah, Len. It's just, it's pretty funny where we went in about a calendar year. Yeah. It's, well, the, the, there's too many guys coming. Oh, we need to, we need to start recruiting better. You know, Paul Chris didn't even have a recruiting office for about a year after all of that stuff went down. Well, now we got too many players. Yep. Yep. That's, it's a, and it's another what? one. We have too um, many quarterbacks, with, too much competition. With yesterday, depending on the recruiting sites you look at, Wisconsin went from being ranked 22nd to 21st. Uh, then when uh, Hayward Haywood verbaled, they went to like 18 or 19. And then when Corey verbaled, they went to 14, 15, or 19, depending on what site you're looking at. Yeah. And also depending on what site you're looking at, this is the fourth four-star recruit to commit to Wisconsin, um, not the first. Uh, As some knobs suggest. <laughs> or, and even depending on the site you look at, it had been the second. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, and, yes, it's a long way to signing day. And there's a lot of kids who are the five stars who haven't announced where they're going yet. So by the time you get to signing day, other people will be passing Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things. Get as high as you can right now because you're Wisconsin. You get in early. And they seem to be doing the same kind of recruiting process here. Get in early, get these kids to commit, and keep them on the line. And then come that early signing period, you still get your class done, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and the ones maybe we don't know about, yeah, maybe we do have a few still on National Signing Day in February. But hopefully you can still well, get these classes kind of wrapped up in December on that early signing period. I understand that signing day is still a long ways away, yeah. but I would rather have them absolutely committed now and have to fend off the Alabamas and the Ohio States other than the Ohio States, Alabamas and, you know, Georgia's already having them committed to them and hoping that some scraps fall to you. Right. I would rather be <laughs> protecting scraps. my recruit than having to go try and poach other people's recruits. Yep. Some scraps. And like, the higher you are right now, the higher you're still going to finish, you know? Like, this class, if it gets up high enough, still could end up as a top 25 class in the nation. Yeah. And it'll, it'd will it be one of those, you'll watch it fall, and yeah, the the weirdos out there will be like, hey, look at them going down, what happened? It, the five stars are starting to commit. That's what's happening. <laughs> well, and then... To your point, RJ, with that, that's normally next fall slash winter when those kids start to commit. Now, another thing with this Wisconsin recruiting class is I think we've both had this conversation. I wouldn't be surprised with some of these players and their profiles that if they have good senior years, some of those high threes that they've also recruited become fours. Yeah. And we've seen that in the past. And we've also seen fives that all of a sudden fell to fours. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I, I think with this class, with look, reading some of the profiles, there's a lot more guys that'll go from high threes to fours than guys that are fours that'll fall to threes. Yeah. Hey, can't wait for football season. See it all unfold. We talk and talk all we want right now. Talk stars, whatever. But yeah, we're getting, we're, we're, we're coming close. 87 days away. Let's go, baby. Uh, Bill Nagy says hi, by the way, everyone. Hey, Bill. Hey, Billy. Howdy. Billy. 
Line one, who's this? Hello. Oh, Billy. Hi, Bill. Billy, Billy. Hey, Corey, Corey Marshall. <laughs> yeah, say, hey, say morning to Bill Nagy. <laughs> morning, Mr. Nagy. How you doing? Oh, so is this uh, the class you guys are talking about? Is this for 2024? Yeah. Correct. Yep. Correct? Yep. So these kids are all still in high school then. Correct. Yes, correct. Yep. They'll, They'll be seniors, seniors this year. Don't have too many field parties now. <laughs> so the next question I got is who's been, uh, I guess you mentioned, Rowdy, that there's been consternation. Um, I'm not sure where. Who, who's been concerned about the lack of, like, Wisconsin talent? Because I really haven't heard. I just see I it from I time to time. Up on, that much. Yeah, I see it from time to time on Twitter. Just, you know, random people. Or if you're out and about talking it's and, in the and people are talking oh. about Wisconsin football, it's like, man, we're starting to get too many recruits. But oh. they're like, seri- <laughs> they're not joking. They're like serious. Yeah. They're like, people are going to start to leave. Get out. Well, Corey, they don't get out enough. That's why they're out there why. yelling into the abyss. And sometimes when you stare uh, long enough into the abyss, the abyss stares back at you. It does stare back. And sometimes it winks. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to run away. So, yeah. <clears throat> how many uh, do you know off the top of your head then, fellas? How many guys from this great Badger state of ours are committed for 2024? Three you, right like, now. I was going to say there's at least two or three. We have uh, Rob Booker, okay. the tight end from Wanakee. Uh, okay. uh, O-lineman, O-lineman out of Arrowhead. Derek Jensen out of Arrowhead. And then um, a linebacker, Landon Gothier, um, out of Bayport. And those okay. are three in the top ten. Uh, Gothier is number eight in the state. Uh, Jensen's six. And uh, Booker's five. Uh, that's pretty cool. Well, if you want to be a national program, you have to go recruit nationally, like you guys mentioned. And, um I don't think they should shy away from that. I, I will remember back in the 90s after the first World Bowl, I think, they tried to expand themselves more nationally, and it kind of backfired because a lot of the guys that were trying to recruit didn't end up committing. And maybe you'll remember this better than I do, RJ. Or that might have been after, like, the late 90s World Bowls because we were all, like, high on the hogs. Like, oh, they're, they're on their way. And then, like, they lost out on a lot of the guys from, like, these like the southeast or Florida or what have you, and then but they didn't put in the time with the guys in Wisconsin and ended up kind of screwing themselves over. Where you're kind of left with no chair to sit in after the music stops. So I think they're doing it the right way here in terms of um, you know a, a national reach is probably a little bit easier now too because you have more ways of communicating yeah. with these guys nationally versus like having to you know fly everywhere all the time. I mean, you can't obviously, but now you have just much more media reach and you can get a hold of each other uh, a little bit easier and you've got a fairly large staff. So yeah. Yeah. 87 and days. Huh? Corey, isn't wow. it funny really though that when you look at people that think that you're going to lose more Wisconsin recruits or you could, you know, find yourself without a, a chair at the end with them. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a bad experience with yeah. musical chairs or something, Corey? <laughs> No, that was just, you know, <laughs> back in the 80s, back in the 80s, elementary school was cutthroat. You didn't have any safety. You get that chair out from the people. Doesn't you better get like... that chair or you're, you're standing, yeah. you know, are dodgeball. All these people are getting worried about something like that when it's like Luke Fickle has done this at 
technically a smaller non-Power 5 school. Like, Luke Fickle right. knew what he was getting into being an Ohio State guy. He knew the blueprint. He knew the Wisconsin program. The dude played football at Ohio State in, what, the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere in there. He knows exactly when the Badgers came to prominence. He coached in the early 2000s at Ohio State. He, co- You know what I mean? Like, he's he's been there basically since the Badgers came to prominence with Barry Alvarez. He's not just going to not offer in-state kids. Like he knows that that's yeah. part of the he knows that that's part of the lifeblood of the program, and that those guys are big time. But if you really want to compete for a national title, you got to get those guys, and you got to get the talent in Ohio, Pennsylvania, yeah. Southeast. Like some of the people that make those comments, it's like you don't think Luke Fickle knows this. Like you think he's an idiot. Like clearly he knows what he's doing. Oil's down, you need as many good players as you can possibly get. You can never, uh, yeah, you can never have too many good players. From my rising tide so, raises all ships, Corey. Yeah, use use whichever type of uh, uh, iron sharpens iron. Steel sharpens steel. Yeah. Some other ones all out these there. Other good things. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Corey. All right, well. You the man, that's, brother. Uh, good to know. Much have love. a good day. And Take better, better luck in musical chairs in the future. See you, buddy. You got it. Right. See you there you go, Rowdy. Do a, a new thing added to the June twenty fourth golf event. We're gonna do musical chairs and the uh, the beer social afterwards. Line four. Good morning. Good good morning, gentlemen. Hello, Wisco Chad. Mm. I can get a good look at uh, bu- uh, butcher's ass by sticking my head up a teeth. No, other way. <laughs> You're sticking your head up a butcher's ass. <laughs> I could get I could, well, I, could, I could get a good look at a T bone by sticking my head up a butcher's ass. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it beats the meat market. Yeah, that's funny. Um, you're you're the fourth person to say that today uh, after I said the steak analogy. <laughs> Except you can't. <laughs> hey, Tommy boy's the best. Yeah, he really is. Callahan brake pads, baby. <laughs> Chad, what's up, man? <laughs> Uh, you, you threw is, yourself off. I, I did. Yeah. Has anybody put any credence to the fact that, you know, UW-White Hot Waters kind of developed its own little Division Three powerhouse. Oshkosh actually pulled some decent talent in from the state. Like, transfers from there, have, I, I don't even know. Like, <clears throat> is that a thing, transferring in state? Um, it. I mean, uh, Joe Panos did. Wasn't he at a... No, not in state. Um, Did you say white hot water? Who uh, who Wait, transferred from Stevens Point? Ramchek, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Ramchek was a Division One player yeah. that didn't want to go to a big university and leave the Stevens Point area. Then absolutely yeah. killed people in Division Three <laughs> and goes. Actually, I think I'm going to play D one. Yeah, actually, I want to get but, out of I Stevens mean, Point. He's still- Transfer. Yeah, that is a good pull. That is true. Yeah, I mean, but he I'm, was he was out of high school D one material. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, I'm trying to think of any. Normally, no. you go D one to D three. Yeah, other it goes the other way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, there are there are the rare people out there I know that are just not um, how was it smart enough go to a D1 school, so they are placed at a D3 school, Yeah, generally close, with some ties to the program, and I, I just, I wonder, you know, losing, losing your in-state, like your 
football crest your, you know, buried guys, kind of, so to speak, like, does that, you know, hamper the program at all? I mean, just more, more or less your take on it, I don't know. I, I think it does in the eyes of the fans, but if you're actually hitting on these people from out of state that are perceived to be better, it's it's not going to hurt. Um, like, like I said earlier, um, you know, what has been the bread and butter for re- recruiting in state here has been offensive line, defensive line, uh, linebackers, and you get the occasional safety. Other than that, I mean, you got to get your talent elsewhere. I guess there's a couple of receivers I, in there too, but other than that, the talent comes from elsewhere on this roster. Uh, it was always a, a Barry Alvarez get your meat and potatoes here in state, keep those borders closed, but you got to go find your skill positions elsewhere. And they did a good job of that, and that was a good run. Um, you know, I, I think expanding it to the point where you're not getting everything you need from out of state, and you still have to have those in-state guys be here, but they also need to want to be here, not, you know. There's a difference between needing to play at Wisconsin and wanting to play at Wisconsin. And if kids from this state don't want to play here, probably shouldn't have them here. Well, bye. Chad, I I agree. No, it, uh, the, the question again is: Do we did we lose that pipeline that was basically in state of New Jersey as well? Like, is that gone now, or is um, that stick around? I'm not sure who's the New Jersey recruiter there. Um, the good news is that Ohio Pennsylvania pipeline is still open. Uh, that's those aren't bad places to be pulling kids from. But yeah, I don't know who's in that territory of New York, New Jersey right now, and uh, we'll we'll just have to see as we move forward. People are very inspired about the Wisconsin Badgers. Our guy Market Plunger. Market Plunger, what's up, Broski? Nothing, man. I, I, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I think Fickle was a, was a hell of a choice, and considering what he did at Cincinnati and bringing those players there, there's no way that he can't do that here. Hey, so you know. let me ask you, Market Plunger, um, as a, I mean, how big are uh, a Badger fan? You're more than a casual, right? Like you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm born and raised in Madison. Yeah. So I. Yeah. What's your vibe right now of uh, the Luke Fickle era? And then also, do you care? I guess you kind of said what your vibe was. Do you care if Wisconsin doesn't have a lot of quote Wisconsin guys on the roster? Not really. Like, it's nice. It's a nice story. And obviously, we got talent here, especially with the linemen and stuff. But no, I don't care if they win. Who cares? You know? <laughs> like, if they win the national yeah, championship like, and there's not a single guy from Wisconsin on the roster, do you care? No, that's the way the world's going now. Here's the, here's the thing is, is if you're going to be a big program, the ultimate goal is to win a national championship. Short of cheating, I don't care how you get there. I don't. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if they don't have any players, but that's not going to happen. We're always going to have players from Wisconsin because we got them big ass farm boys that love to throw people around. <laughs> yeah. God bless those big old farm boys too. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. So and like people don't have to worry. It's not like we're ever going to cut that out. But uh, you know, again, we're, we're a pro, a large program. Winning is, is good, but we need to go for a national championship one of these years. And the way to do that is, you know, I'm sorry, most a lot of the uh, players in Wisconsin just can't hold weight to some of those guys in New Jersey and Florida and California and whatever. So go for them. And if if, if look if you're not going to have many guys from Wisconsin in your team, okay, what's all right? You know, I don't care. Yeah, I really don't. I'm still rooting for them because they wear Wisconsin in front of their jersey. Absolutely. 
And and if if, if look, if out of state people want to come here, I'm happy that out of state people are coming here. Yeah, because it's a yeah. great state. Yeah, yeah. So totally. Yeah, I, I well, really Mark don't. Blunger, here, here's the here's the uh, the enigma wrapped in a riddle of it all. It's such a great state, but where are you going right now? Aren't you going to Illinois? Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's because of the morons in our state won't legalize this. Legalize the weed, man. Come on. I mean, jeez, how much money do I got to give away to Illinois? I'd rather give it away to the Apparently the whatever you got. I'd rather give it away to the <laughs> crooks here. <laughs> at least, Look, at I'd least rather I give it to the crooks here and the crooks down there. Yeah, at least at least the crooked people here to get my money and keep it in Wisconsin yeah. as opposed to Absolutely. Illinois. Absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely. No, it burns me every time I have to drive down there, but luckily it's, it's just South Beloit. So it's technically I like I, I like to consider it Wisconsin anyway. Oh, it's like a hundred hundred feet from the border. <laughs> okay, do we do we want to claim those South Beloit or even Beloit, Rowdy? No, nah, not at all. <laughs> Would you claim South Beloit or Beloit? Some no. don't even want to claim Beloit. Yeah. Hey, Look, hey, if Illinois wants it, they can have it. Market plunger. <laughs> so you're going across barely across the border to go get some stinky, Rowdy. The other weekend, you went across the the state lines by what, like a couple feet. Yeah, not not too far. It was and like by the Denny's and the you were buying stop. You weren't buying any weed, were you? Oh, I had placed a few stop. bets. Yeah, Rowdy went over the state lines, <laughs> placed a couple bets, and then drove back home. <laughs> I love what it. an amateur. I love it. I love it. That's commitment right there. Yeah. Mark, plunge you the man, brother. All right, hope, uh, hopefully I get back in one piece. Nobody from Illinois knows I'm driving down there. <laughs> After crashing them on the air. <laughs> hey, just call them a bunch of fibs. We'll yeah. see you later, buddy. Uh, fibs? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Scream it when you cross the border. All right, see you, Market Plunger. Now, we were talking about this off air, and he Market Plunger kind of brought it up a little bit. When you look at the state of Wisconsin for high school football, we talked about how the class of 2023 had legitimately three players that were D1 caliber. Mm-hmm. Now, class of 2024 is, is a good class. It's nearly a dozen or so. But you look at the states that are around Wisconsin and you look at the states across the country. I don't know if I can say for a matter of fact, Wisconsin is better than any state that it touches. I know it's not better than Minnesota. I know it's not better than Michigan. I know it's not better than Illinois. Maybe Iowa is a comparable profile. It might it might be better than Indiana. Maybe. It's clearly not better than Ohio and Pennsylvania. And then if you go any other you know, any south or more south, it's, it's not south better or- than any of the <laughs> you know, southeastern yeah. states. Uh, you look at it's not better than Missouri. No. It's not better than Arkansas, Louisiana. I mean, I feel like you look the only two states that I can, for a matter of fact, say that Wisconsin is better than that is somewhat close to them is North and South Dakota. Because Wisconsin is one, it's population. You don't have the population that some of these states have. Two, it kind of goes hand in hand. You don't have the huge cities, thus the population. Yeah. And then you basically got to get out to North and South Dakota. You maybe could argue Nebraska or Kansas, but Oklahoma, Texas, those have athletes. Uh, And then you get farther enough west. It's like, well, California clearly has a lot of good players. But, yeah, it's basically like the Dakotas and some of the bigger states out west where there's just not a lot of people. Well, just, I mean, just look at, like, Texas, for example. Um, I know it's a lot bigger of a state and they have more stuff, but the more huge mega complexes they have at high schools. Yeah. 
the better you are at you know football, for example, how many mega complexes are there in the state of Wisconsin for these kids to play at? I would only, for a matter of fact, take Wisconsin as a state of high school talent over the Dakotas and states like Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, those type of states. You're just limited to your population and your cities. The one place I can think of a performance center that's out there is Kimberly, and they just built that. Yeah, an indoor football practice facility well, with has, a weight room. Arrowhead's pretty legit, it. isn't it? Like, yeah, but I don't think they have that. Yeah, not that I've heard of anyway. The only what's one the I New know, Sun Prairie field like? That's, that's not like that's just new field. Yeah, I'm it's not about, anything crazy. He's talking Kimberly, about like a workout. Kimberly has like, an yeah, indoor no, practice yeah, field, like a huge complex with, with yeah, with a weight room connected to it. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like new yeah, fields, but like almost like you were talking every place in Texas, every place in Florida. Yeah, like Rory McIlroy. Now, Rowdy, uh, uh, what, what time yesterday did this break? Like nine fifteen, nine twenty. The live PGA like nine thirty. Yeah, it was probably somewhere around nine twenty. So yesterday at this time it broke that the PGA and Liv were joining forces. Uh, also, you're going to have the DP World Tour. They're going to unify under one umbrella, a for-profit organization here. Now, if you remember about a year ago, uh, the PGA commissioner, he essentially said, and, and we played the clip yesterday, he said, basically, that anyone who teams up with the live is directly responsible for 9-11. Am I wrong in saying that, Rowdy? Didn't he make the, those parallels, comparison? I don't think he Not directly, exactly but indirectly. That, but he tried to hold guilt over the players that were going to leave to the Liv's head with saying that, yes. Yeah, he, he, he blamed them for 9-11. Guess what happened? Money, more money became available. The PGA is now joining forces with the Live. And DP World, we're just gonna, DP World Tour is in the two, but I'm not going to refer to it anymore. It's whatever. It's going to be Live and PGA. It's the old European tour. The Live, if you joined the Live, you got paid in full, right? You got you got buku cash. Phil Mickelson, uh, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau. The list goes on and on. Brooks Kepka. Kepka. You got paid to Ian work less. Poulter. Yeah, to work less, right? You got you got paid more money than God Brooks to work less. Kepka's brother. <laughs> that was his name. I don't I don't even remember. <laughs> I just know it was a thing. It was like his brother went over there too. And now Live PGA DP whatever are 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 teaming together. All under one umbrella. And the PGA commissioner about a year later after blaming uh, everyone that joined the Live for 9/11 said there's been a lot of attention in our sport over the last couple of years. But what we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf. I would say the what, Rowdy, the last year of golf has been pretty, it's been the most dramatic it's been in quite some time, right? Yeah, the last couple of years, just with the back and forth between the PGA and the Live, it it's definitely gotten golf into the news and into the mainstream sports talk shows because outside of some of the majors, yeah. like your... Masters, U.S. Open, British Open, PGA Championship, and especially for, we'll just say this show in general, when, you know, like a big tournament isn't coming to, you know, uh, what, Whistling Straits or Aaron Hills, uh-huh. outside of the majors, do we hardly ever talk about it? No. Well, Liv got talked about on big a time. lot of different stations in the state and across the country because of PGA versus Live. Now, obviously, it's backed by the Saudis, and they got what? 
oil money. They have more. They, they have more money than I don't even know the correct vernacular for it. They got money. Uh, uh, they got money. Money. They have beyond generationals uh, money. They have like galactical money. And what happened, Rowdy? The PGA. Who's been the biggest wonk for the PGA? Rory McIlroy. He's been the face of the PGA. Now, Tiger Woods, Liv was going to give Tiger Woods like a billion, almost a billion dollars to come be a Liv guy. Tiger Woods, with his morals, said, no, thank you. I'm going to stick with the PGA. Rory McIlroy has been the one out there, kind of just been the one just throwing dirt on the Liv, saying how terrible it is, uh, how he can never, you know, take this money, blah, 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 blah. Who's been taking the most seat of Liv guys? Phil Mickelson, I'd say. Phil Mickelson, well, Greg Norman's a guy that kind of helped start it, but he doesn't play. Yeah, it was Phil. Yeah, Phil Mickelson was like the big name that right away was like, we're doing this. Because remember, Phil Mickelson, you know, beloved hero of golf. He was was always lefty, and it was always him versus Tiger, you know, from the 90s on. And Phil went and won, what was it, uh, won a major at – 50 plus and it was kind of like a big story mm-hmm. well then he goes on to the live and remember how he started dressing it was like the dark aviators oh yeah with the all dark, black the dark black hat with the it's black like a new age johnny cash he, yeah, the man in black he's become the villain yeah and i loved it phil was out there being like i'm taking the money dude and i'm gonna play le- dustin johnson the same way i'm taking the money and i'm gonna play less i want to be with my family be my wife paulina gretzky be with my kids phil mickelson the same kind of way now a lot of these guys took a lot of heat for doing so. Well, some of the, some of the guys like Cam Phil, Smith, Phil one? Mickelson's like I'm, I'm getting paid. Yeah. Uh, you had, look at Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson was like, you know, I kind of get sick of traveling and playing all these small tournaments for like smaller amounts of money. I really only care about the majors. I'm still technically eligible for the majors. Why don't I just go play these little poo-poo tournaments, you Mm -hmm. know, 12 times a year, 18 times a year, instead of having to play 40 times a year, and I'll make more money, and I could still care about the majors. Yeah. And then you had Brooks Kepka, which we've talked about at length after he won the PGA Championship, was his was all injury. I don't know if I'm ever going to be that good again. Yep. My knee and back are messed up. I'm going to take the payday when I can. Then there's guys like Ian Poulter who... They had their day. Ian Poulter was like in his late 40s. He wasn't going anywhere on the PGA Tour. He was never a guy that would finish in the top 10. He was a guy that was starting to become like a guy there. Do I make the cut? And we all know that in, in professional golf, it's your contractor. If you don't make the cut, you don't get paid. Nope. So he was starting to become a fringe PGA golfer, and he's like, well, I could sign with the live and make $10 million a year, or I could play on this tour and maybe make, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand. Yeah, and here's the thing. Steve Millerband wrote a money about it. Take the money and run. And that's exactly what Phil Mickelson and a lot of these guys did. They took the money, and they ran with it. And now I've seen articles come out. Phil Mickelson vindicated for taking Longview and PGA Tour live golf clash. Uh, the things I was reading about here, Rowdy, besides Phil Mickelson now being vindicated, which uh, imagine you're a PGA guy who is a lower on the tour, right? Lower on the list. And you're not making you know, big time money compared to these guys. What happens? That, like these dudes who went to live got paid handsomely. And now they're coming back to PGA. Like if you're a PGA well, guy. And the consequences for all of this for them is supposedly a quote unquote Fine. Yeah, I I read a couple things. The guys who took the live money and want to return to the PGA Tour will pay a fine. 
for the PGA. It won't be equal for I saw every player. a lot player. of people rolling their eyes saying, yeah, I'm sure they'll pay a fine. They say it won't be equal for every player if it happens. But will that be enough for the guys who are pissed, the PGA guys that turn down, I don't know, $100 million to stay loyal for the PGA? Well, that's the thing. That's TFB. Yeah, too that, effing bad. That's SOL. Take the money. Now... I think I saw the reported figure that Rory McIlroy turned down for that live contract was $250 million. Jesus. I can tell you this. He didn't make that on the PGA Tour. No, he did not. Wow. And now Rory McIlroy is having some comments out there. Uh, let's see. I'll read a couple of them. Yeah, all those guys like Rory McIlroy should have one guy in their sights. Who's that? That's the chairman of the PGA. Yeah. That's that's the head guy. That's the guy that was, you know, making the backdoor deal. He's the one that wrote off on it. Um, he's the guy you absolutely hate, you don't want to see, and his ass is grass. Well, speaking of hate, here's a comment from Rory. Quote, it's hard for me not to sit up here and feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb. I still hate live. I hate them. I hope it goes away and expect that it does. Rory also says, quote, I've come to, on Rory on the Saudi money, I've come to terms with it. I've resigned myself to this is what's going to happen. It's very hard to keep up with people who have money, have more money than anyone else, says Rory. Here's Rory on the players trying to hold on to their cards upset about the news. Quote, it's hard for me to relate to those guys because I've never been in that position, but I do try to empathize. Did he call himself a sacrificial lamb? Oh, okay. I won't know if I would say a sacrificial lamb, but I will say this. Rory McIlroy, you were thrown under the bus and run over. Yeah, but he's still still not going to cite the driver for running him over despite knowing he was there. He's like, oh, I just tried to empathize with him. He got ran over, dude. Uh, we'll talk more about it coming up. Uh, first line one you know, in the morning. Yeah, huh? I mean, well, one second line one. The the U.S. and PGA, I mean, could compete with Saudi. I get that they have a lot of oil money, but uh, the U.S. has quite a bit of oil. They don't want to touch it though. Just drill, baby, drill. <laughs> line one. Who's this? Good morning. Well, I'm good. It's good. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. 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 Hey, drunkie. You have money. Tell here. Did you go on a beer run? Uh, not yet. Uh, I got my business report today. There you go. The, the man's twisted up the steel reserve. He was on hold for like 15 minutes just to say that. That's right where we need him. Yeah, right on hold. And we're now off the lines. All right, so yeah, Rory McIlroy, this is uh, funny. By the way, breaking news. Speaking of Saudi money, Rowdy, you're going you're gonna to chuckle at this. Remember how uh, Cristiano Ronaldo went to play in Saudi? Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and he, he he's making like, he's I don't even know how much the dude's making, but it's like insane money every game. It's like a billion dollars. It's like well, a, that was like his contract. Yeah, it's like a billion dollar contract to play in Saudi Arabia. Who was the next star going to Saudi Arabia? We were talking about Messi. Breaking news: A couple minutes ago, Lionel Messi, the Argentinian who just won the World Cup, probably the greatest player ever says no to Saudi Arabia. The Argentine superstar is going to the MLS. Inter Miami is set to sign Lionel 
Messi, who does not have Saudi money. Wow. What do you think, Rowdy? The guy must be washed. <laughs> they say the little Messi sweepstakes appear to be over. The most coveted free agent in soccer history is set to sign with Major League Soccer's Inter Miami. Unbelievable. Chose it over the Saudi League and Barcelona. The 35-year-old superstar officially leaves PSG Paris Saint-Germain this month when his contract expires after two seasons with the French Giants and will go to Miami. I f- that means one thing. What? Messi's washed. He's done. What? There's no other reason for him to come to the MLS. PGA's got to be reaching out to him right now and be like, dude, how did you, how did you, Messi, Say no to the Saudi money. We just took it after fighting him for a year. We maybe took he it. doesn't like Ronaldo. Also, go look up. Well, that could. He doesn't want to be, you know, on Team Saudi with Ronaldo. That's the problem. Go look up Messi's net worth. Maybe this is what it is. Uh, right here, he's worth six hundred million dollars. Maybe he doesn't need the Saudi money, Rowdy. I don't know. We were everyone was certain that Messi was said was going to the Saudi Arabian League with Ronaldo, like Ronaldo did. But no, he's going to Miami. Inter Miami MLS. What? He's only thirty-five. You think uh, Messi turned it down because of public pressure? No, not at all. No, not at all. He's an Argentinian. <laughs> Aren't they used to pressure? How there? much is Miami going to pay him? Because I'm sure it wasn't cheap, or it's not going to be cheap. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, uh, I just how know much it. is Inter Miami even worth? I I think they have some European money backing. I don't know. He's going to Miami. Little Messi, welcome I'm to the it up. welcome to the MLS. So I looked up Inter Miami. They are the 10th uh, most valuable MLS franchise. They are worth $585 million as of 2022. So Messi's net worth is worth more than 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 (laughs) Inter-Miami. And he he turned down more money from the Saudis to play relatively in the same league with uh, Ronaldo for more money than what this entire team is worth. He must see a bright future for Inter-Miami. He must like Miami. Yeah, G-Dub just said I don't blame him. There's better uh, looking uh, talent walking around Miami than there is Saudi Arabia.